Welcome to Chihuahua Bat 2.0. I'm Swan, one of the original Chihuahua Bats. Um, the other crazy bat that I call Mala is actually in the studio painting today. Uh, we're both retired educators, and when she retired, she chose to um, work with her passion, which is art. She does... Uh, Actually, she uses a palette knife, and she does brilliant pictures. She exhibits on Art on 12 in Wimberley. And, you know, December is a big time for the artist, so she is painting away. And uh, we promise we will um, gather again because we have a lot of stories. I just heard from a colleague the other day, and I was just enraged about what this poor new teacher was going through. So anyway, Molly and I will be back. Um, I retired in 2018 and I decided to kind of pursue my passion of writing and advocating for those who are still trying to survive in the classroom. And so I wrote a book called <laughs> Memoir of a Chihuahua Bat. Um, it highlights uh, a five-year period in my teaching career where I was in an unbelievably chaotic and challenging teaching environment. And if you'd ever told me I'd have been there, I'd have said, you're nuts. I, I, I give you this advice, never say never. But anyway, uh, Mala was very instrumental in getting me through that and, uh, and really through her sense of humor. She has a crazy sense of humor. And when you're standing in the middle of, I like to say hell, sometimes the only thing you can do to survive is laugh. So, uh, Memoir of a Chihuahua Bat. You can find it on Amazon, or you can go to my webpage, chihuahuabat.com. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter and Facebook at chihuahuabat. Now, today's um, guest uh, is my sister-in-law, Terry, and she's actually been a guest on um, one of my podcasts before when I was having teachers tell their journey. And she talked about her journey from public school in Texas to making a huge leap to um LA in California and uh, working at the exclusive Buckley School. So, um, but today we're not going to really retrace that step. Today we're going to kind of talk about, because we didn't get to some of the funny things that happened in the classroom um, on her journey in, in Buckley. So, but before we get started, I kind of want to remind people, welcome Ter, glad to have you back. I want to remind people um, of your, your clientele, you know, the folks that we're talking about so that um, they'll, right. ha they'll have an idea. Oh. Um, you know what? Um, before we start, I would like to say thank you for having me back. Oh, you're welcome. I, and okay. I want to give yeah. major, major kudos yeah. to all those teachers out there with having to teach during covid and on the internet and zoom and everything else i don't know if i could have done it hey i was just learning the computer so you <laughs> yeah. know yeah but these you know these are warriors honestly the teachers of today and you yeah. should get all of the yeah of the many compliments yeah. from everybody including those parents who finally see I mean, some helicopter parents, whatever, who finally see what it really takes to teach and how you keep someone engaged and listening. And how about this, processing it? So there yeah. you go. I just had to say that because this is a, a, a different time. time. It's yeah. a crazy time. Yeah. And my hat goes off to all of you teachers. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're getting double dipped. I know some of mine are having to do remote and face-to-face -face yeah, right. at the same time. And it's like apples and oranges. It's two complete different jobs. And how they're surviving, I don't know. Okay. Well, and some do with the kids. They get a choice the first semester right. or however they have it divided yeah. that they stay at home and do it you know through the laptop computer whatever and then the ones that they teach at school so to yeah. me that's another huge double job it is okay so going back to um you know your clientele at the buckley school you know in public school it's just whoever's within your district and they you know they sign up and they enroll and they're in um but but your clientele in a private school is a little bit different they can choose and so well you know it's an elite it's a uh college preparatory school it and is. it's been there for quite a while and in fa in fact isabel buckley founded it with uh an actor um, that you probably don't even know today, but um, he played Marcus Welby. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus Welby, MD. God, oh my. But, yeah. you know, and he was a huge help, but they used to actually have a campus in Beverly Hills. And this was when things weren't so great um, after the war, right. World War II. Right. And so Buckley has been around for quite a while. And um, it has a lot of history and a lot of history of all the different people that have gone there. And it is a very expensive school to go to now. Well, I think it has been in the past. 40000 a year? Something thirty to 40000 yeah. I'm not sure. And some, some families might have three or four kids in there at all. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, honestly, um, that takes a lot. And you, the uniforms, the th the extra things you have to pay for, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So just so they'll have an idea of, I, I used to say, you know, she taught the stars. So just list some of the names that maybe our audience might connect with. Well, you know, I've had so many, I can't even remember them well, all. I remember Vanna White. Right, and I just loved her. Um, I know my first year, Kimberly Stewart was there, and that's Rod Stewart's daughter. I mean, wow. she's grown up now. I mean, I feel old. But um, <laughs> the thing is, is that we as classes would get together and have history together. So I've been with all of these children, especially when we changed from math or reading or whatever, and um, any, like, a field trips we went on, etc. We were close to everybody in in the grade and i think elementary allows that yeah they do yeah. well and it's kind of like a more it's not open concept but that you can switch and you can uh right. get together as right. a whole group right. whatever you think will work uh-huh and they loved it and they would always sit on the yeah. floor and some people yeah. you know and then the other kids at their desk and mm -hmm. it was just a good time and they loved it so some I of the people, like yes, yes, right. and then um, I just, Rod Stewart, yeah, I said that, Billy Idol's son, who was a hoot, cool. um, Phyllis Diller's grandson, which I really enjoyed, okay. um, Frank and Nancy Sinatra, they had a grandson in common, the Beatties, 
I've oh, had yeah, uh, there's babies. there's several babies, <laughs> but I think I had three of them maybe not not in my home room but in the whole grade right. where where we you know changed for classes and everything so we always had hands on to that right. um kardashian i talked about robert he was a favorite i mean meaning that he was such a nice kid um katie seagal i loved her son jackson and of course i had the hiltons and i just have to say many more and i'm sorry if i left anybody out because <laughs> well, i'm sure i did forever but that's just a kind of a right just to kind of give you an idea of her her clientele versus what a regular public school might have now one of the things um that i used to like is of course because we're related we would get together at christmas and um, we would we would talk about you know the gifts that our students brought us and so you know i would get popcorn balls and i would get things like you know batman socks and things like that and i can remember you were talking about because living in la was quite expensive and so many times you would get very over-the-top gifts and then you would want to you know take them back and get cash for it you know and of course you know your gifts came from like rodeo drive and of course mine came from target we used to laugh like yeah my batman socks i i got 395 but right you, but we were, you, were, yeah. you know this was all new to me also because i taught right. in public school before and i was like what blown away blown right? away now i have to tell you that yeah. this is no longer in practice <laughs> at the buckley school right. and it was it was fun honestly but you know I don't expect anything, and we would also get gifts at the end of the year, yeah. um, especially in fifth grade, because that was like they were graduating to go to middle school. Yes. Um, but, you know, you find things like, I don't know if this is still the, the big one was Prada, yeah. and then there were Gucci, yeah. like Gucci sunglasses, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you would get... I, one time I got an, a Louis Vuitton Neverfull. It was lovely, and it was huge. I love that purse. I can't afford it right now. But, and then I would, one time I got a perfume, um, and I went back to Neiman's because I am very allergic to everything. There's only one thing I can wear. So I went back, and I thought, oh, it's just, you know, an everyday perfume. Parfum. So... When the lady said, well, it's, you know, you have a credit of $300, I about fainted on the floor. Um, it was just crazy. We got jewelry. We got, one time I did get a gold lame poncho. <laughs> that was hilarious. And that was, oh, it was great. And, um, you know, what else did I get, Swan? I got, ear oh, I got diamond earrings one time. I mean, they weren't real, real expensive. Right. No, I remember who gave yeah, I mean, they were lovely. It was two families together gave oh, it to okay. me, but right. but yeah. they were, it was so sweet of them. And yeah. I just got gift certificates out the kazoo, oh, and which was lovely at Christmas time because yeah. I could go get Christmas presents. Right. And now, now my gift certificates were like $5 to Sonic or $10 to Whataburger. Yours were a little more than that. Maybe. <laughs> Hundred, maybe oh, two hundred, maybe three hundred. Oh it just God. depended. <laughs> I know, yeah. See, I, I can't even fathom that. It's just such or two maybe, different worlds. And there, here's a nice one. You know, gifts from Tiffany's. Right. 
Yes, and that was lovely and jewelry from Tiffany's. I just loved it. But you know what? I didn't expect anything. And being from Texas and the public school, it was crazy. I mean, I did. They, especially Michael, they did not do it as a bribe. Like I said, they don't do it anymore. Because I was totally honest. I was totally upfront. And I gave them the grade they deserved. So this was totally to the kids and their parents that they could not buy a grade from me and they didn't yeah. well i can imagine that when you're paying 40 grand a year to so educate right. your child to or prepare children. them for college uh, there's an incredible amount of pressure for results and so uh, all parents, yeah, all parents are like such pressure, as we've seen in the news lately from some stars that got in trouble for uh, well, sort of falsifying. Yeah, um, you can see a lot of pressure, and I can see where they might want to encourage a teacher to raise that up a point. And that happens even in my level at public school, but it was way over the top, I'm sure. Well, so. Isabel Buckley started with the concept of... Uh, college be begins at two, okay, and they had they started them at two years old, so that's crazy. And I remember my first year at Buckley when there was a many you know many kids, but honestly, I found out. And this was I taught fourth grade there for a couple of years. I mostly a fifth grade teacher, but um, they would ex they would tell you, and they expected their children to go to Ivy League schools, to go to Harvard, to go to Stanford, to go to wherever it was to go. And it was crazy. I mean, nuts. And they were thinking about it when they were in fourth grade and looking at their grades. Like they're, you know, wow. like this can get them into Yale or not. So, and I know they don't go that far back, but they were, you know, these kids tried so hard. But it was very competitive. We had a lot of homework, um, which, you know, dwindled after some of the years. You know, because I have to tell you that I had some really smart kids. And they were lovely, and they, would, they did everything. But I think we were ahead of the curve because we were really teaching a grade up, or two grades up, from where we were. Yeah, I agree with you. So, uh, I don't know. It's just my a major thing that I had with all the parents is that, and I thought this was so important because so many kids, and special, you know, and especially when they're at, you know, they're at different. How do I say it? Uh, academic levels but they might not have had the experience reading to me especially reading for pleasure is huge and to me if you can get these little boys especially I mean I had some avid reader little girls but I thought that they should read 30 to 45 minutes a night before they went to bed and it's so cute because I had a pizza and I drew it out, you know, with the with everything on it. Yeah. And um, pepperoni. 
of course pepperoni <laughs> yes but anyway um and they would color in different parts of the pizza and the idea was to get to 100 books and man i had tons of them do it the little boys of course they would go i can't do it but it was so cute because i said well you might need to read a book with a couple more pages in it you know (laughs) and i had a couple little boys that i loved dearly and they were hilarious that um they chose the princess diaries and uh, and because they were smaller books and a lot of (laughs) and so they oh i said you might need to read two or three of those to count as one but anyway they did become readers and i think that is huge in writing and i taught writing and grammar and huge the writing process was big for me because you know we were already doing junior high middle school work and to write a proper report to be able to back it up with facts and you can't and and, and evidence but they didn't really when i first started there it wasn't so much internet then it changed of course and but they had the site the different places they found their information etc and it was it was difficult especially for a fourth or fifth grader but it was important and i kind of had a guideline to how to write especially book reports where i would give them a basic uh like template yeah. yeah template and they loved it and i turned out some good writers because of it and they didn't know about introduction they didn't know about the closing they didn't know you know how many paragraphs because you know sometimes you get a book report two or three sentences and then you get one that's like and they thought pages. wow <laughs> i did great yeah yeah. yeah but paragraph form the whole thing the whole thing right mm-hmm. so i remember a couple of the funny stories you told me and one i don't know if this is what it called something about a sock trap do you remember well, my first years yes i had a great class it was they uh, they were just so funny and of course i had to keep them in line but and i could laugh but i tried to make it at the right times yeah, yeah. <laughs> appropriately but I let my kids be creative in different ways. And believe me, I was, a, I was a strict teacher, and they had to follow my guidelines and of respect and how to act and everything else. But if they, some little boys, one of the things, in, in they started team sports. So, oh, my gosh, they had never been in team sports. This is fifth grade. And so they had their stuff just stacked up in the boys um locker room locker room restroom (laughs) and you know it's like we had to dig them out of there and we had to get all those things and i would pile them up at the end of the hall so you're talking about socks or just i'm going to tell you where the sock thing came from but i was trying to get some of these clothes you know the clothing home where these parents are just going i can't find the shorts i can't find the buckley shirt because we had uniforms you might need to wash (laughs) yeah and you might need to wash this and they did not smell great especially the socks well i had one little kid and i still you know honestly he's been in touch with me um and it's so lovely to hear from him i think he's in chicago wesley and one of his favorite things was when i let them he had a sock it was so dirty i mean and he always looked kind of like and he would laugh at this so i'm not putting him down like a pig pen from charlie brown (laughs) 
But um, this sock was the dirtiest sock and the smelliest sock we've ever ever known. So I let the little boys get together. They just came up with this on their own. I said, okay. But they wanted to make a sock trap and with these horrible, horrible socks. Well, of course they did. They got a lot of laughs. But we named his sock Bubba because I was from Texas. Yes, and so... And so you may have to, what is a sock trap for those well, that can't do a visual? Well, you know, if you remember Home Alone, how okay. he would have a bucket going over, yeah, you know, yeah. if they opened the door, the bucket would spill on oh, their head. Okay. But this was my back door to, of course, in California, the schools look really different because um, a lot of it's outside and you have halls outside, oh, which is lovely. So like an open-air mall yeah, kind of thing. Kinda. It really is. Okay. And this was my back door. I said, okay, you can put up in the back door. Well, little did we know, all of us, and it was especially during class with the vice principal, and his name is Frank Sopper, and he's become quite famous, I think, with uh, a teaching style back east. But he came in to observe and see what was happening, and, of course, he opened the back door. He didn't come in the front door like he was supposed to. And guess where that dirty, nasty sock trip, trap went? It went right on top of his head. Oh, my, oh my gosh. Thank God he was a good sport. But it was a oh belly-aching <laughs> laugh. But oh we, I had to explain. Well, you know, they were being creative. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and one time right outside since it's outside and you know it's covered but it's right. open mm -hmm. like open air, air malls but there was flower beds with and they kind of went up to the pe yard and there's dirt and sure. plants and everything so i don't know how this got started i let them start building you know i believe in mud play and dirt play <laughs> <laughs> i did it as a kid i'm real artistic totally texas <laughs> <laughs> and um Oh my gosh, they started building uh, rivers and they built little houses for it and it was all in the dirt and it was hilarious. And there was a couple of kids who really socially were not fitting in right. a lot and this was a lovely thing for them to do during recess. Yeah. And then they got to talking to whoever their partner was, was probably shy like they are or whatever. And it they just I just couldn't believe they used toothpicks they used leaves they've used everything it was like a whole community yeah, in yeah. the flower bed right okay so I think being creative as a teacher and looking at those children who need different experiences to bring them in right. to make them feel part of the whole is yeah. the most important thing and I would I would say today it would be important now it's going to be much harder because of the COVID but right honestly but it, you're talking about experiences that a textbook just won't do right, right? absolutely In the interactive is, engaging and i you know i had the rules and everything but there were a couple of kids their iqs were so high and they just couldn't sit and i knew who those kids were or they were adhd or whatever yeah. else oh, yeah. and then you know back then i put them on the computer because writing and especially cursive perfection, and they would be perfectionistic in it, and they could never get anything finished. Yes. So I got them started on 
the computer. That was before laptops, oh, yeah. but it helped them a great deal. And for, for the student that really needs that and for processing, et cetera. Right. But I, I just think you need to look at each individual student and see their needs and acknowledge their needs in a positive way. I agree. Okay, now I'm going to bring up um, Princess in the Pea campouts. Oh, gosh. We, we started going on campouts in the fifth yeah. grade. Right. Well, a lot of these kids had never camped out. Now, I was a Girl Scout. We I remember <laughs> East Texas and raining, and we had a ditch around our tent, and, our, and I guess we didn't do yeah. the correct ditch, and our tent started sliding down the hill in the mud. But, you know... <laughs> building fires etc now it wasn't quite like this because it was more cabins and out yeah. in the um the woods or in the in the mountains but yeah. it was hilarious because most of them had never gone camping now i am a camper i love camping i think it's hilarious and i think it's fun yeah. but i like it with just a little bit a bit of flair <laughs> yes a luxurious feel when you have to go to bed feeling very dirty yeah. So I would <laughs> I would bring all my down pillows from home and I would bring a down comforter and, and I would make this bed and, and I made it really high, you know, with different layers. And I love to make good beds anyway. I love bedding. So and I love 20 pillows <laughs> per bed. She ain't lying. But anyway, uh, oh, they they you know, it's like the princess in the pea. Can you feel the pea? But anyway, um, and one time a little girl got sick, and she she was so excited because she could sleep with me in the princess in the pea bed, and we had our heads at separate ends. But I would do games with them at night, and I would tell stories or would say, you know, I heard this about this little boy or this little, and they go, Miss Stanford, Miss Stanford, that's not true. And I would have them laughing. Of course, I was probably the worst student there, but really the teachers. The best teachers are the worst <laughs> <laughs> Well, are the troublemakers. No, but we had a good time, yeah. and I liked it. Just to, do shopping network or Oh, my gosh. We would go to a dance on a Thursday night of the camping out. At, I don't know. It was five days, four right. days. And they would do, like, old-fashioned dancing, and the boys would be in one line, oh, no. and the girls would be in another line. I'll yeah. get to that in a minute. Yeah. But before, we're waiting for this to all be set up. So we're in the, the big place we're meeting, and um, oh my gosh, another uh, male teacher, John, and I, well, we just love to, to kid around and to make people laugh. So we were the home shopping network. Now, it was very cold at the time. It, it was just crazy. And people go in snowshoe up here. So anyway, we would take, like, baseball caps and you know mufflers and gloves and all kinds of things and we would do a whole off the top of our heads home shopping network routine like we were selling everything oh my god oh and we had microphones that was the best because oh, yeah. you know they had to like if we're going to do square dancing or something you know you had to have a microphone but oh the kids loved it <laughs> but we we just went on and on just like we were the hosts of hsn yeah it was crazy but then they would they had special dances uh that some of the counselors at the camp did and well they were boy girl kind of things but they were in lines well the funniest thing i swear i laughed 
till I couldn't. But they, like a girl would come and a boy would come. Now, they're supposed to hold hands. Of course, they wouldn't. But because they were dying and they're going, cooties. And, but they could not even hold a hand. They would touch pinky fingers because you have to go down this whole line oh, of all these yeah, fifth yeah. graders and the teachers and counselors oh, and in the middle. And they ran like the wind. They're supposed to kind of dance down. No, they ran like they were in the race of their life, touching pinkies. Oh, my God. They were out of their comfort zone. All right. So do you remember Texas trivia? Well, that's another Mr. Sopper thing. He started, you know, he came in one day. He goes, oh, that's kind of fun. I said, well, you know, it's called Texas trivia because I can really incorporate some history like the Alamo. And I can teach about the oil business. My daddy was in the oil business. He really was. He was a geologist. And I included all the universities in Texas. I included my family, my past dogs in my family, my brother, sister, like like Susan, and my grandparents. Old Rip. Old Rip, the the horny toad that lived in the Eastland County Courthouse in the in a time capsule, <laughs> and then he came out alive. But you know, we spent summers in Cisco, and it was so fun. And they loved loved love these stories because see they don't play outside and they have you know they can get together uh on a play date but that's about it you have to drive everywhere but man we were barefoot out on the street having a great old time but they love these stories more than anything and so i would ask questions about see if they remembered from the time before and or about my father or about my grandfather or grandmothers whatever and where they lived but it was a great time because not only could i show that family is important then we could touch on the aspects of history and the different um, big cities and they knew i was from dallas and i mean i talked about everything and you know what these kids would remember i mean they took notes because if they got it first, they were, and I had all the classes in there, you know, one big happy family, big old party. So I had, and of course you can't do this today, I'm sure, but I had candy. <laughs> I always had candy. I know, uh, I know, yeah, kind of. It's a motivator. And I had, you know, from from um, four, fifth grade on up, coming for candy after school, I had to stop it. I mean, I'm talking until seniors in high school. Exactly. And it's probably holding up the tra- the traffic, <laughs> the carpool line. But anyway, um, I would throw, and I would throw it. I would just, like, toss it like, you got to catch it. Oh, now, the other, and they loved it. They want, they wanted to catch that candy so badly. The other thing that was a, kind of a rule in my classroom, okay, you can throw your trash like a paper ball, like a basketball, into the trash, but you have to make it. Yeah, that was, yeah. If you didn't make it, then you had a chore to do, like picking up paper all over the room, you know, uh, cleaning something, whatever. But, oh, man, they love that, too. But I just tried to put some tiny right incorporate what kids like to do yeah i mean and it's stuff that they probably wouldn't have thought that they would like to do so i I tried to do that and i think it does make a difference to be a little bit different now you know today uh, i know there's rules and guidelines and now there's the covid there's so much going on 
but I was very lucky. I think so. And and I, what I'm hearing you saying is, have some fun, add but, some creativity. I mean, you have to have guidelines and rules, but and once they consistent. know, you have to be consistent. But I think creativity and fun goes a long, long way. Yeah. Oh, and I had ma I had them make old-fashioned Valentine's boxes like we did when we were in <laughs> elementary God. school. So yeah. they had to bring the shoebox and everything. <laughs> they would have to cover it. And these boys, oh, they had such a hard time. I didn't yeah. care how they looked, but w I had all this stuff they could put on it. They were gaudy, but they loved them. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, of course, I taught Spanish, and if for one time I said I did research on it's like a sixteen billion dollar industry one day out of the year, and so I had them come up with products, right? I love it. It's uh, yeah, and they had to do it in Spanish. You know, it could be whatever. And I went and bought all. You know, go to Michaels and I bought all this glittery stuff. The boys. They amazed me. Loved they, it. Yeah, they were doing the most glitter and the most little, you know, glitzy. I had the doilies. I had all the hearts. I had candy hearts. I had paper hearts. I had all the little valentines you could find. Oh, they went crazy ma making theirs. And I thought that was neat that they could do that. It was a shocker to me, but the girls, the girls were like, nah, I'm good. And the boys were like, I'll take that. No. Oh, my gosh. And then they would build little things with every, with all the Valentine's stuff on top of their boxes. I mean, they just ended up so creative, but just wonderful. Awesome. Well, great. I want to thank you for coming today and sharing. And, and we can... Um, Right. Oh, yeah. Before we go, I want you to talk about, because um, you and I have something in common. We were both teachers of the year. So talk about your experience. Well, I was surprised. <laughs> well, yeah. No. You know, there's one thing being popular but strict yes. and funny. But, you know, believe me, they knew. I told them from the beginning, okay, we're either going to have fun or not. And I don't think you want to go to the dark side you want to be on the light side and then we have a lot of fun but one year I got teacher of the year and it was a very difficult year because a lady lady that I taught with forever in fifth grade she um, had cancer and um, she had to leave suddenly and so a new teacher had to come in and take over and I had to help the t I, I, it's like I taught the whole fifth grade so anyway um, we got through the year with, even though it was sad, um, we got through it and we all just banded together, takes a village and all the kids were wonderful and pitched in. And so everybody watched that process take. And you know, fifth grade in elementary school is the top grade. And before they go to middle school and we have a graduation and a picnic and all that stuff. But so, they saw us going through this transition, especially with me at the helm. And although difficult, because we had, you know, vigorous um, learning, yeah, yeah assessments, uh, learning going on, testing, everything, you know. But we made it, and it was a huge success. But I was, I was lucky enough to get Teacher of the Year, and they surprised me and of course they get you there by false means and you know it's uh it's the seniors and the seniors i was lucky enough to be one of the 
the teachers in the lower grades, you think, oh, they'll never remember me by senior high school. Exactly. But I got several invitations. They would have a a get-together party at a restaurant or someone's home and invite you to speak about them, and they would speak about you. And it's so funny because Bubba was one of the main topics at one of them. And Bubba the sock. Bubba the sock, the dirty, nasty sock. So they remembered all this stuff. They remembered Texas trivia. I had the web, you know, the spider web. I was the spider. I'd catch them, and then they'd have to do, you know, different chores. I call them chores, uh, activities, and um, to pay themselves off the web. But anyway, um, during the recess time. But they don't do that anymore either. I guess I was... Yeah. I created the web, and I was the last person to use the web. I think it went away when I left. left. But anyway, it was yeah. so meaningful because then they call your name, and everybody's in their their gowns and, and the hats and everything, and you're up on stage, and they're talking about you. And a lot of my sen- the seniors there were my st- had been my students in fourth or fifth grade, and it was so lovely that they would come by and shake your hand or want to, you know, pat you, you like your shoulder or whatever, or afterwards, you know, embrace you. But it was real important. It made me feel different because I was recognized. And I think all teachers need to be recognized. I was lucky enough to be recognized as you were, Susan, for the state of Texas. And, um, I I just feel for teachers who never do get that validation. But to me, right. and I'm going to leave with this, every teacher is the teacher of the year. I agree. I agree. And um, I think especially now, the best thing you can do is say, thank you. I appreciate you. What can I do yeah, yeah. to help you? Because I mean, I hope those parents that saw how hard it was when it was stay at home oh, are just yeah. bowing and saying, right. oh, help me. Right. <laughs> you know, please, right. please. Yeah. You are wonderful. You are great. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I want to thank you again for coming back and sharing your stories. I always love to hear about your your uh, your time at Buckley and it's so weird because when I was leaving in 2008 and uh they gave me a big party uh I there was another whole school thing for teachers who taught 20 years and there you know I taught more than 20 years it was like forever 30 something and so um I would say how many times every time I would walk the hall and go down to the teacher's lounge or to the office or to the library. Where I go, you know, it's like, will my ghost be here? Will, I, this, will this be part of me? Because it was such a part of me yes. for 20 years. And I just hoped I made a big enough, big enough impact um, to help these kids during life. With social, too. With right. social skills. Right. Oh, I definitely, I definitely thank you, Dad. Okay. We're going to say goodbye. Um, I'll be back in a couple of weeks with Mala, my crazy partner, and we will be discussing issues currently going on in, uh, I would say, with the COVID (laughs) pandemic, right, today. So, um, as I always like to say, dare to be a Chihuahua bat.